grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Hey, welcome to California Haunts Radio. I'm getting repositioned here because last night I was hidden behind the California Haunts logo there and uh, down, down, down in the left-hand corner. And, uh, yeah, as much as I don't like to see my face on screen, uh, you know, it was kind of ugly last night. I want to thank everybody for joining us and welcome to the show. And we've got a really good show lined up for you tonight. Tom T. Moore is the guest and we're going to be talking about the gentle way. And this, this is a concept that Tom has come up with, and he can explain it a lot better than I can, so I'm going to let him do the explaining. But my name is Charlotte, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour, maybe more. And I am the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California, www.californiahaunts.org. But the radio show is over at www.californiahaunts.com. See, it's a big mouthful. So if you want to check us out, all of our archives are over there, and uh, you can see everything that we've done for the past two, two and a half years in this format. And now, starting probably sometime next week, you're going to be able to go back 15 years of this show, and because uh, I'm, I'm moving all the Block Talk links over to that website as well. So you're going to be able to go all the way back to when I was just starting out doing this, this, this gig, okay? So anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming, and... Uh, we're going to have, like I said, we're going to have a good show tonight, and I'm happy to see you all, and uh, yeah, I don't know, oh yes, I know what I have to say, I have a big announcement, um, I'm, I'm kind of out of it, if you guys noticed last night, I was kind of out of it too, my brother passed away um, early Saturday morning, I think, was it early Saturday morning, early Sunday morning, and uh, it's, it's been kind of t- tough couple days, and so... I'm kind of in a fog, so <laughs> um, if I haven't answered an email that you sent me or, you know, texted you or some, or anything like that, that's why, because uh, we're, we're busy down at this end taking care of stuff, but um, I'm just, like I said, I'm just glad to be here. This is my outlet, and I enjoy doing it, and without further ado, I'm just going to get our guest on. How's that sound? Hello, sir. There we are. <laughs> there we are. See, we're How are you here. Doing, and hello Good. to all your viewers and listeners, uh, wherever they are. <laughs> Tell us about you, sir. Okay. Um, I, I'm sort of the reluctant author, you might call me. I, uh, my, my background is business, okay? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I got a degree in finance at, at TCU, Texas Christian University in Texas, obviously. And... Um, uh, did a couple of years in the army as an army lieutenant. When I came out, I started uh, working on on businesses, and my first successful business was, believe it or not, a snow ski club in Dallas, Texas, and um, it became the largest snow ski club in, uh, in Texas. And we ran trips every weekend to New Mexico, and then lots of trips to Colorado, Utah, et cetera. So that was my start and that turned into a, a travel agency and then into a wholesale tour company where we were, uh, we had 3000 travel agents selling our tours uh, nationwide to places like like uh, uh, the Grand Cayman and 
Las Vegas and all the, the normal stuff you can you can do multiple trips to. So it uh, that that was sort of my start. And lo and behold, one day I read a an article in the Sedona Journal of Emergence by a gentleman by the name of Robert Shapiro. Mm-hmm. And he was channeling uh, a, a creator by the name of Zosh. And uh, Zosh said, you can request benevolent outcomes in your life. And I said, well, that's kind of interesting because I've been trying things like the law of attraction. That didn't work very good, mm-hmm. hardly at all. And uh, so I started trying it and I found it worked perfectly. And I said, wow, this is great. And um, so, uh, so I started with very easy requests, mundane requests like, like drives to work or uh, a, a parking space in front of a busy restaurant or at the mall, uh, easy things like that, where I got immediate feedback. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that just grew to the point where, where I figured out a way to say it so that everyone could remember to say it, you know, without even thinking. I requested most benevolent outcome for blank, blank, blank. Thank you. And and so that uh, went on. I started writing articles for the Sedona Journal. Uh, they get, were extremely well received by their readership. And um, uh, so I thought, well, you know, that's that's what, you know, that's my little sideline that I will do. And uh, lo and behold, I went, uh, my wife and I went to a, a, uh, a seminar in Sedona, Arizona uh, to uh, uh, that was put on by Dick Sutphin. Mm-hmm. And it was to increase your uh, uh, psychic abilities. And um, so at one point there, Uh, He wanted us to do automatic writing. I said, no, I think I'm going to contact this shaman that was uh, that was channeled for me by Robert Shapiro, who I got to know and be friends with. And um, uh, and so I I said, uh, uh, while I was in this altered state, I said, reveals the mysteries. That's that was his name in English. Mm -hmm. Are you there? And he said, yes, I am, Tom. And I said, wow, that's really neat. And so I went on to ask him why, you know, why uh, I was doing this and it didn't seem like anyone else was. And he said, Tom, uh, you're an Indian shaman at the uh, living at the same time I am, which was the mid 1600s in the American West. And he said, uh, he said, uh, you had decided to uh, incarnate into the 20th and 21st centuries to reintroduce people to the gentle way. I got the name of the book the first time I ever talked to him. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, you're going to write books. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm a business <laughs> guy. You know, I, I by, by then, uh, we had, uh, we had sold the, the tour business and, um, and we're in the international film and TV program distribution business. And I thought I'd be doing that the rest of of uh, my life and uh, until I retired. And uh, he said, no books. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Nothing to worry about. It. My dog is kind of <laughs> around <laughs> okay. here. It's okay. I have him too. It's okay. I'll get him later. <laughs> he just wanted to be on too. That's all. <laughs> I'm fine with it. So, anyway, that's that's kind of. I, I wrote my first book in 90 days, and off we went. So fantastic. Um, what exactly is the gentle way? Well, it's it it, it truly is a, a a way that you have to say these requests out loud because scientists have not uh, learned or relearned yet. Um, thank you. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> I, I was afraid I lost you. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, I got and, you covered. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you, thank you. So uh, uh, you have to say these out loud. And scientists have not rediscovered how powerful the human voice is. Mm -hmm. So when you say this, you have to say it out loud. And and when you do this, now this is my belief system, but people can believe it goes to any deity that they wish. It's just that I've asked now 30,000 questions or more in a, um, uh, in a altered state, in a meditative state. And this is how I was told it, it works. These, these requests go to your guardian angel, who is uh, also known as a golden light being, but no one would know what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. if I said golden light being which is actually a, a very, very old soul that has increased their, their, uh, their uh, vibrational level to the point where they glow a golden light. And so they're known as golden light beings. And there's about a million of them that take care of, of hundreds of thousands of people each um, in all their lifetimes. And each one of our lives on Earth has 12 parallel lives. So it gets really deep and all these lives are all going on at the same time. So they're really busy, busy little guys. And, uh, and so if it's, uh, if the request is within your soul contract or soul path, as some mm -hmm. people say, um, then you will get the request. If it, if it's not something that's uh, good for everyone in the request, mm -hmm. then it's not going to happen. So uh, all of that, that could be, uh, you know, let's just say there's a soldier and, and if he says, uh, I request most vanilla come to kill my enemy before he kills me, that isn't going to work. But if he says, uh, I request most vanilla come for, uh, for my, uh, patrol today uh, for my safety and to get back home safe, then, you know, his, his enemy may have to go eat or <laughs> the bathroom or whatever. And he's not around when the guy passes by. Hmm. So now you, 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 you mentioned 12 parallel lives. What, what does that mean? Okay. Um, our souls in order to take, um, in order to have the biggest bang for the buck, okay, 
they, uh, they, along with Creator, who came up with all this, mm -hmm. uh, because Creator wanted to see if the four negative energies could be worked with, where our, the, the rest of our universe and all the other universes, um, and there are billions of, of universes, billions of creators, uh, we could work with the four negative energies while the rest of our universe and all the other universes work, work only with the 10 positive energies. Now, these energies will not be discovered by science for many years because they're not even looking for them. Okay. But, but there are four negative energies and, and our creator who, who my guardian angel, who I named Theo, mm -hmm. uh, tells me would be ranked in the top five of all those billions of creators. And uh, so anyway, that's uh, in, in order to, to get the biggest bang for the buck in order to have uh, all these trillions of decisions that we're going to need one day. And I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, they decided to have 12 parallel lives going on from each on a different frequency, starting at a higher frequency all the way down to a lowest frequency. Okay. Now we're on what's called timeline six, which is a middle frequency. So we're sort of influenced by the higher frequencies and mm -hmm. the lower frequencies. But there are 12 U's. Uh, <laughs> That's really scary thoughts. That exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, like for me, um, on timelines one and two, I've mm -hmm. already died. I died of congestive heart failure. So I'm, I'm gone out of here. <laughs> I didn't have to spend the rest of my life on the lower, lowest frequencies. So, um, but each, each one of these lives is different. And so as an example on timelines three and four, I stayed into, in the tour business. Um, and, and then on timelines, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, uh, well, uh, let's go through eight first. Mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, I went into the tour business and then into the international film distribution business. And then on the upper timelines, I, I started writing and I, I started writing science fiction, uh, books and everything, and eventually got into metaphysical books. So each, each one of those are all different. Yeah, they can influence this timeline. Yes. Okay. Because, because most of the inventions start on like timeline number 11. And I say mm -hmm. 11, timeline 12 is non-physical. And that is considered by our souls to be the perfect life. And mm -hmm. all the other 11 lives are compared against that one. Kind of not fair, but that's the way they do it. And so... So all these inventions and everything sort of start on like timeline 11 and mm -hmm. they work their way down through the, uh, uh, through the timelines until they eventually get to us. Interesting. I've never heard of this. Yeah. Well, people, that's one of the things I put a, a weekly newsletter out. Mm -hmm. And when I first started in the, the newsletter in 2007, I thought, well, Maybe I can do this once a month or something. And quickly, by 2008, um, it became weekly because 
I, I allowed people to start sending me in questions and um, they, uh, uh, so that's where most of the, of the 30,000 questions came from, were from people from all over the world that were asking me to ask questions in this meditative state where I communicate first with Gaia, soul of the earth, then Theo, um, Antura, who is a member of my soul group or soul cluster, who is having an ET life at this time. And uh, he tells me about all things ET wise. And, uh, and then I will like uh, in my newsletter that will go out tomorrow, uh, I had some questions. I asked King Oberon, who is king of the fairies. Okay. And, and I've spoken to the soul of the moon, uh, sun, you know, you can, you can communicate with any soul in the universe and they're all happy to, to respond back and, and give you answers. Okay. Okay. How does one learn to communicate with them? Well, um, I, in my very first book, which, whoops, uh, well, you had it up a minute I got it. ago. I'll get it right now. Go ahead. <laughs> the gotcha. giveaway one. Okay, book. go. <laughs> there it is. The, the, the blue one on the left. Um, in the back, in the appendix, I do uh, give um, one way that I I started meditating and would put myself into an altered state. These days, I just sort of recommend that people go to uh, Amazon and on Amazon type in Dick. Sutphen, S-U-T-P-H-E-N, mm -hmm. and he has a, a ton of CDs, MP3s, and one of them I think is perfect for people wanting to start communicating and meditating. It's called Spirit Guides, and basically what he does is he takes you down, and then he's quiet for a, a few minutes to let you ask your own questions, and then he brings you back up. Perfect for the beginner. It sounds like it. It sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, he, I'm just fascinated he, with uh, all this. Transitioned a year ago. Um, hates hated seeing him go um, because he, you know, he's. I think in his bio it said that he had uh, put over three hundred thousand people into hypnosis. Wow. Wow! 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 Yeah. So when when you when when you add when. Do you have to be in meditation to ask the questions, you know, to, to, to ask for whatever you want, or can you just do it out no, loud? Not, not for whatever you want. I mean, because people use it even in dangerous situations. So, okay. Um, okay. I mean, as an example, I had one lady, uh, this is in, let's see, which book? <laughs> uh, this is in my uh, General Way 3 book, Master Your Life. There's a story uh, about a lady. Gotcha, is, see? <laughs> my goodness. Um, that book is, is filled completely with stories from people uh, uh, relating their stories of how they use the gentle way in every single way you can imagine. And and still, even <laughs> every week, I'll get somebody that sends me a story that I said, I've never thought they asked that before. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so anyway, she uh, had recently moved to a farmhouse out in Kansas or somewhere. And lo and behold, there was a, a tornado uh, bearing down on them. And she grabbed her kids 
headed for the basement, requested a benevolent outcome, and the tornado just disappeared. Wow. So it, these are very, very powerful requests as long as they're benevolent. And, mm-hmm. and you can request a most benevolent outcome for the perfect job for you, for the perfect mate for you, uh, for the perfect home for you. But keep in mind, when you start getting into the, the important ones, you know, it's like I've, I've had some ladies email me after a, a month and say, Tom, I requested the most benevolent outcome for the perfect man for me, and, and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they have to be, Theo says, humans are not very patient. So you have mm-hmm. to be patient. Um, how do you do it? How, how do you ask? I mean, what, what, what words do you use to ask? Okay. You simply say, I request a most benevolent outcome. Okay. okay. For my trip to the uh, post office today. There we go. Okay. And then I request a most benevolent outcome for my, uh, uh, for my drive from the post office to Kroger's. And then I request a most benevolent outcome for easily finding everything I need at Kroger's and, and uh, to get a quick checkout. Mm-hmm. And then I request a most benevolent outcome for my drive home. So okay. you just combine them all and you try and do it as early as possible. Right. Um, so that, uh, so that your guardian angel has plenty of time to set everything up. Okay. And then like, like if, if I'm understanding what you said earlier, um, but it, it, it'll only happen if, if it's something that's within your life plan, right? Something that, 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 that you're set up for. Right. I mean, okay. as an example, if you, you say, I request most benevolent come to win the lottery. Okay. Uh, great uh, immediate earnings of whatever, whether it be an inheritance, the lottery, uh, or or a killing in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Those those are sole contract items, and we don't know our sole contract. So if you want to play the lottery, fine, but just understand, maybe you should say, "I request a most benevolent come to win a at least a hundred dollars on the lottery." Mm-hmm. You know, something something that would not be so far out of your your sole contract that that you wouldn't you wouldn't get it. And um, uh, just to give you a, a quick story, mm-hmm. my family and I took a cruise um, down in the Caribbean, and on the last day of the cruise, they have a bingo coverall, mm-hmm. and, and so they they started off with three or four different games i wasn't winning anything and so uh, they go until you've covered all you know all the spaces and so we're going along and i'm not doing too good even though i have three or four um, of the uh, cards Uh and suddenly bang i got i got a number bang i got the next number then the next number then the next number and finally I, i said bingo and this kid right next to me, about 12 years old, said bingo at the same time. And I'm sure everybody thought that he was my, you know, my son. Mm-hmm. But, but we shared an $8,400 pot. Wow. So, and I, I was requesting 
the Dell Cups. So, and I've, the largest amount that, that anyone that has requested benevolent outcomes has told me that they they won was a million Canadian dollars. And that was because the, uh, the person was going, uh, uh, they were going to lose their family vacation house that had mm-hmm. been in their, in their uh, family for many years. Mm-hmm. And it was going to cost all sorts of taxes or something. And so, uh, so my uh, reader uh, requested benevolent outcome to win, and she won a million Canadian dollars. In nice, 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 nice. And like you say, start out with small stuff to to practice to see if you can make it work. Yeah, and it, it does, and it works perfectly. And that's that's what's just amazing about. It. And some of the other things that it does, it. Um, Oh, gosh, uh, I, I have to think. <laughs> there are so many uh, that I didn't even know when I started. It, by requesting these benevolent outcomes, it, it keeps you on your soul path, keeps you on your soul contract. So mm-hmm. that if you ask uh, for something that would be off your soul contract, and I can give you a story about that in a second, sure. um, then it, it won't work. It just won't happen. And it also... Uh, as you request these benevolent outcomes, it slowly but surely raises your vibrational level. I didn't know that when I started. I was mm-hmm. just thinking this is the greatest thing I've ever ever encountered and was using it that, that way. And it was years before I found out all the, the great things that it does for you. So it's, um, uh, it's... <laughs> it's better than a peanut butter and a jelly sandwich. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, uh, to give you a story how it does sure. it work. Um, in I've been in the international um, uh, TV and motion picture distribution business now, going on forty years, <laughs> and um, uh, so way back a number of years ago. Uh, I am a friend of mine in Paris who was actually originally from Texas and actually lived only a block or two from me, but I didn't know him at that time. Okay. He, uh, he had sailed around the, the world in like a two-man, uh, uh, you know, little uh, sailing boat uh-huh. and uh, sailed up the Seine River and uh, to Paris and got off and met uh, a Parisian girl and married, and that's where he lived ever since until he also transitioned not too long ago. And so he had uh, a friend of his that had the rights to several books by an English uh, writer by the name of Cheney that wrote spy books in World War II. And nice. so uh, we we had access to those rights, and so I started going around to everywhere. I mean, St. Petersburg, Russia, um, uh, Prague, Budapest, um, uh, the Cannes Film Festival, the American Film Market, all these places trying to raise the money and uh, for these uh, this series of films. And each time we would get close, something really strange would happen and they would fall apart. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm saying, okay, Theo, why, you know, I've been requesting benevolent outcomes all this time and things keep falling through. 
why is this? And he said, Tom, he said, if you'd gone down that path, you would not reach the number of people that you will reach by your books and and your speaking. Uh -huh. and so it just wasn't on my soul contract. How can you find out about your soul contract? You can't. Uh. See, that's that's the thing. We're we're veiled from knowing our soul contract because then there are many th many challenges that we have to <laughs> we have to go up against in our lives and and we wouldn't want we we would don't don't put me in that life no no <laughs> but the reason we're in these lives is that we're veiled from knowing our soul contract mm -hmm. we're veiled from knowing about our past lives and in so doing we are learning to make trillions of decisions every second if you count all of our lives and, and all of the souls having having lives mm -hmm. on on earth and one of the things that we've been promised by creator for taking part in the earth experiment as it's called mm -hmm. is that not only will we fast track raising our vibrational levels but one day in the future we will merge uh, into a creator ourselves and when the creator thinks we're ready to take over he will turn he i just use the masculine form uh, he'll uh, turn over this universe to us to run and creator will go to a higher level so this has never been done in any of the billions of other of other uh, uh universes okay. so none of the other uh, creators so this is we're the stars because we've made it happen. We finally passed that point where we will never destroy ourselves again. And, uh, and eventually we will, uh, will rise to the level we need to merge. Now, my question is, how do you get a soul contract in the first place? Is that something that happens before you're reborn or before you're, yeah. You know. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, our lives are planned for us 10 million years ago. I mean, that's how, that's how, um, uh, gosh, how our, our souls are so much more powerful. That was the mm -hmm. word I was trying to use. Um, then we realize that our souls are having maybe somewhere between 500,000 to over a million lives going on across the universe for them to learn all about the universe mm -hmm. while on earth. Uh, our souls have what are called soul clusters. These are fragments of themselves, typically six to 12 fragments in each cluster. Okay. And, and each one of those fragments has, has a different soul interest. So as mm -hmm. an example, my soul interest is religions. I thought that was my only soul interest. I was to find out in the last, I don't know, just two or three years that I, I also have a sole interest in advising uh, leaders uh, of nations. Now, I'm not doing it this life, but uh -huh. I have many lives coming up where I'll be advising leaders, and I have done so in the past. Is it a buildup, I mean, from this incarnation of you you know with, with, with these 12 levels 
like every time you die, is it a bill? You know, the stuff you learn from this life does that carry over to, like you say, another life? These these skills that you get here, uh, in a subliminal way. But but keep in mind, we're supposed to be veiled from knowing this stuff. Okay. But you notice here are these these little three and five year old kids playing pianos and. And, mm-hmm. and violins or whatever and and this sort of creeps through especially if they're going to continue to work on that particular um soul interest in mm-hmm. that life now maybe maybe they'll they'll be a virtuoso a pianist and in the next life they don't even touch a musical right. instrument they're doing something else that adds adds to their learning for the future. And then in the next life after that, they go back uh, to being a virtuo- virtuoso. That's a hard word. <laughs> See, you can hear my birds. See, you got a dogs, I got dogs, I got birds. <laughs> Very vocal uh, parakeet that I have. Oh, um, I, didn't, I didn't hear you. Hear yeah, I got a bird. You can hear my bird in the background. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so a very vocal my, parent. My dogs are gone now. <laughs> they've, they've, gone, they've gone to bed. So. <laughs> so speaking of dogs, you can you, you you can do this with dogs too, right? Or, or any kind of pet. Oh, yeah. I, well, it depends on what you mean doing. Let's kind of let's kind of set up the stage, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> that um, we've got all this support. Okay, for what we're doing on Earth. And right. that includes over 4 million souls that are assisting us in running the, uh, the Earth. That, uh-huh. includes, that includes animal souls, plant souls, tree souls. Every single living thing on Earth is in soul, according to creator's wishes or demands. So every single thing on earth is in soul. So what creator did was creator went to the far uh, reaches of the, uh, of the universe. And uh-huh. our universe, by the way, is 25 billion years old. We only think it's 13.5 or something like that billion uh-huh. years old. Uh, and, and creator went to the, to the oldest planets. And so like a creator went to the dog planet and the dog soul with the highest vibrational level, creator said, I'd like for you to ensoul all the dogs on, on earth. And, and dog soul was just thrilled. Uh, one to be asked by creator to do anything, you know, uh, and I've been told that if creator asks you to do something, you can refuse, but no one does because it's mm-hmm. such a thrill to be asked by the creator to assist, assist creator. And so dog soul insults every single dog on earth. Now, cat soul only insults all the domesticated and feral cats on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, other feline souls insult uh, uh, the the other uh, uh, the other tigers and lions and such. 
Interesting. And how does it work with with the animals then? Okay. You, you mean as far as as how we can have better lives with them? Or yes, yes, yes. Or, that's what I was going to. Okay. Um, well, you can you can start by requesting a benevolent outcome when you start looking for a pet. You can say, "I request a most benevolent outcome to find the perfect pet for me." Thank you. You might make it general because you you haven't decided on what you want yet. Or you can say, I want the perfect dog for me or the perfect mm -hmm. cat for me, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, or snake or what, whatever you wish to have as a pet. And um, uh, so, so you go out and, but there'll be a little whisper in your ear saying, it's time to go looking for, for your pet. And so you go and you find the perfect pet for you. Mm -hmm. So that's the way it starts. Mm -hmm. And 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 then and keep in mind, uh, most most of these dogs and cats and all have been with you in prior lives. Mm -hmm. So it's not the first rodeo you've been around with with them, and they mm -hmm. they recognize you on a subliminal level too. Mm -hmm. uh, we had when we went looking for. Uh, a, a dog, not not the two that we currently have, but another one. Um, uh, we were we were going down the cages. We had had a dog by the name of Sugar, mm -hmm. and so lo and behold, we went down the cages in this non-kill place, and lo and behold, there was this dog named Sugar, and so we wound up renaming her. Uh, Sandy, but but she, you know, immediately we were we were just drawn to her, and, and that happens. So so then you also can request benevolent outcomes to find the perfect food for them to eat, and and uh, uh, the perfect harnesses or whatever if you're walking your uh, your dog or anything that has to do with the dog and and when you go to the vet to have have checkouts you say i request most benevolent outcome for our visit to the vet today uh, to have results even better than we can hope for or expect that's interesting i mean yeah i i, I had a recent experience that way I, I i lost a dog a couple weeks ago and uh i remember uh, about 10 years ago i had had a dog i had had a dream of after losing another pet and I had been hunting for these puppies and I heard a, I heard a voice in my head say, find a jet black puppy. That'll be me. But I waited because I had another rescue dog. So I waited eight, eight, I waited five more years from there. So the funny thing is, is that within a couple of days, a dog became available, but it was two years old and black and tan. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I shouldn't do it. But the minute I saw the photo, I felt a connection to the dog hmm. and my father um, is Hungarian and we used to have boats and every boat that my father ever owned, he called Gypsy Rose <laughs> and dang if the dog's name isn't Gypsy. Oh my goodness. So the dog is on its way Tuesday. <laughs> nonetheless. So yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about that. And, and that's another thing, you, you know, when your dog transitions and I, yeah. I can, We'll talk a little bit about 
what, sure. what happens to them when they transition. But when they transition, you can say, I request a most benevolent outcome for the return of my dog, you know, right. whatever his name is, Jack. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, thank you. And then keep in mind that, and, and this has to do with their transitions. When, mm -hmm. a, when a dog transitions, they don't sort of do the same thing we do. They sort of follow a path to what are called staging areas. Okay. And there's a staging area for cats. And, and, and I mean, there's several, obviously there's millions of cats. There, there's mm -hmm. staging areas all over each continent, but there's a staging area for dogs. And, and so the, you know, when the, when the soul, the fragment of that dog transitions, then you can say, I request a most benevolent outcome for the return mm -hmm. of my dog. And what happens when that dog uh, is, is transitioning, it goes to the staging area where, where it's assigned a new birth mother. Now that birth mother can be in the past, present or future. So mm -hmm. don't think, oh gosh, my dog just died you know, last week, and I can only look for a dog that's at least a week or uh -huh. five weeks or six weeks old or whatever. No, it can be a, a dog of any age as long as it works for you. Sure. That's that's great. That's, that's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. You know, like I said, it, my, my experience has been different because, like, I was expecting a jet black dog because that's what I was told, but honestly, to goodness, when I saw the picture of this dog, the connection was there. I could feel it. And I feel, I, I can almost, and it sounds weird. I know, I know people that know me are going to think I'm out of my mind. But this actually feels like I'm looking into the eyes of my dog that, that passed away, you know, eight, 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 nine years ago. Yeah. You know, so. And, yeah. he, and I'm sure he's back. Yeah, I'm sure, she, I'm sure it's her. I mean, even right. the markings on the side of its face. So, yeah. yeah. So I've, I'm going to go get it, <laughs> you know, yeah. needless to say, needless to say. So anybody can do this. I mean, anybody can practice. I mean, as far as the meditation part goes, how hard is it for people to meditate? Um, it was even hard for me at first because, because I was so wanting to get everything right, you know, to receive what are called thought packets. That's what they're called uh, because these thought packets are sent to you and they come in through the back of your head, through the pineal gland. Now the pineal gland, scientists only know at the present time that it secretes melatonin. Uh -huh. But the pineal gland acts as an antenna to receive these thought packets. Uh -huh. and, so, and so I would sort of tense up, but over time, as I kept doing it over and over again, I finally relaxed and I finally stopped asking Theo. And by the way, you have to name your your uh, guardian angel, whatever you want okay. to, because okay. Theo told me, he said, I, I said, guardian angel, what name shall I call you? And he said, Tom, he said, humans don't have the vocal cords to uh, pronounce angelic names. So he said, you could call me Tom, Dick, Dick or Harry, but he said, Tom would be a little hard in your meditations. <laughs> so I thought about it for a while. Now, some people 
can say out loud, uh, guardian angel, what name shall I call you? And they immediately get a name back. But for me, it took a couple of weeks and Theo popped into my head one time. Mm -hmm. And I was eventually to find out much, much, much later that um, I've called my guardian angel Theo and many, many other lives. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by what you're saying because I've never, you know, I've never heard of this. I mean, I talk with other psychics, you know, and whatnot, and we've had other psychics on the air, but they've never talked the way you talk. It's completely different. And you've had... I'm, I'm the weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you've had communication with ETs too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, uh, with Antura. Now, Antura is, I mentioned before, he's a member of my soul group. So... Mm -hmm. After 800 lives here on Earth, um, he's having a life back. He was born on our home planet. Everybody that's having a life on Earth comes from another planet. Okay. Right? So we all had thousands of lives on other planets. Now, on Nomo, um, uh, we, are, we were amphibians, okay? And we came to Nomo, which is a water planet in the Sirius B uh, solar system. And, and so there was this beautiful water planet. And so we settled in. That was 18 million years ago. And mm -hmm. we were considered the new kids on the block because some of these planets in that solar system have societies that are over a billion years old. And, and so that's and I supposedly I was one of the very first souls to have a a life uh, on Nomo, and probably got eaten up once or twice because there's this big ugly whale-like <laughs> creature that loved to feast on little amphibians. <laughs> Except we weren't amphibians at first; we were fish, and then and then turned into amphibians over a course of, you know. Right, right. Thousands of years, whatever. So, uh, so anyway, he's he's an amphibian, and uh, uh, his sole interests were mine, as I said, as religions and advising leaders. His is as an explorer, and also laying out villages and towns from their very inception, their very beginning. So, as an example, he was. Um, he was Marco Polo's uncle, and he traveled the Silk Road before Marco Polo wrote about it. And he was Sacagawea, who, who led okay. the uh, Lewis and Clark expedition. So that's, okay. that's what he does when he's on Earth. Now he's orbiting uh, Earth right now as part of a first contact team. And... There's four of them in this first contact team whose specialty is grassroots contacts. So uh, they're orbiting Earth in a huge um, three miles wide and 20 stories tall mothership. And when I wrote the book, when I published the book in 2013, he mm -hmm. told me that, that the mothership was only a mile wide. He told me later he didn't want to scare us. Okay. Okay. 
and <laughs> and uh, he uh, and, and he told me that that uh, the Federation of Planets uh, that that we all belong to is was only 200 planets, and he finally admitted to me it's 20,000 planets. Wow. Again, they spoon feed us this information as we're ready to receive it because there's they they don't want to scare us to death. And you can imagine if we could actually see this huge, humongous uh, mothership that uh-huh. has a crew of 900 plus their families uh, totaling 1,500, we we would be frightened. And there's 24 other of these motherships from all sorts of different places, a couple from other universes. Most of them were from other galaxies because we're the stars. We're the only ones that have been able to work with these four negative energies. So everybody wants to come and look at us (laughs) and take, they take millions of readings a day. Everybody wonders what are all these UFOs doing? They're all simply taking readings millions of readings beyond our comprehension uh, you know of every single part of us every single kind of energy of us they're they're all doing these these uh, uh passes where they can literally pass by a hundred thousand people at a time and read every single one of them is that why like in some of the accounts of People seeing these things, like like this couple that was camping in the Mojave, it looked like they had they they were beaming something down, like like they were taking core samples or something to to, to check out, you know, the minerals and everything. Exactly. Okay. It, it's all these different things, and and you know, in um, in California, um, let's see, in in my newsletter tomorrow, I've got something about uh, the Channel Highlands being so active. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I ask about that, and uh, Antura uh, s- says that uh, it's several reasons. Number one, there's a military base. Um, mm-hmm. so they like to keep track on what's the developments at the military. Uh, number two, the California coast is highly populated, so they can get thousands of readings by zooming along. Number three, they do have an underground, uh, underwater base. Uh, there, and uh, so there's several reasons why. Why? Oh, and also, when a Navy pilot sees them, it's a lot different than let's just say, you know, Tom Moore, you know, in in Texas. Well, who's he? You know, oh, but that's a Navy pilot. He actually uh-huh. saw it. You know, that's so it gives substance to right. what they're trying to do uh, to try and slowly educate us that we're not the only intelligent beings in the universe. What about the abductions? The abductions were done years ago. Okay. The abductions these days are our etheric bodies by our own planetary people. Okay. So so back then, the Zetas... Um, the way they reproduced was they simply cloned themselves. Uh, but but suddenly, Creator decided that they could no longer be ensouled. And so they 
they looked around and they decided to come to Earth and they started abducting people to see if if their DNA would match enough with the people's DNA would match uh -huh. enough with the Zeta's DNA to make a hybrid because okay. they wanted to try and save their society. And so that's that's why they were abducting. Some people were only abducted once and they said, well, DNA doesn't match. Ah, go back. Uh, other people, 100 times maybe. And, okay. uh, and women could, uh, uh, if they found a, a match, uh -huh. uh, they would impregnate the woman and she would spend nine months on the ship, have the baby, then be put back at the exact, within an hour or two of when she was abducted. And, uh, and she'd go see a gynecologist and he said, oh, you've been pregnant. Like, no, I haven't, you know, because <laughs> they'd wipe her, wipe her memory. Sure. And uh, eventually they got it down to at most four months that, okay. that they had to keep, keep the, uh, uh, the females on board the ship. This, this, uh, wow. <laughs> see, I'm learning so much tonight. I'm just learning. Good. Now, what, what about Atlantis? Tell me about Atlantis. Ah, well, it, it really, there really was um, Atlantis. Have you got, have you got the book? <laughs> yes, I do actually. But ah, okay. Along with your website and stuff, it'll show in the end credits. Oh, okay. Of course I do. Right. Here, in fact, I'll do that. I'll do that right now because your website's on there too for people. Check it out. There you go. Okay. Tell me about right. Atlantis. Yep. Okay. And by the way, if you want to, if you want to um, uh, subscribe to my free weekly newsletter, you just go to the first page of my website. There's a little box there, and you just sign up. That's all you have to do. Uh, it's my gift to humanity. I don't, I don't charge for the uh, for the newsletter. I want, I want people to be educated and informed, and and I'm told that in reality. Um, uh, a lot of what I'm receiving these days are for future generations. So cool. So anyway, um, Atlantis and Lemuria both uh, were real continents. And surprise, surprise, Atlantis uh, was located in between um, uh, North America and Europe and Africa. Uh -huh. And it uh, it was in a parallel a, a parallelogram shape, and the top of it reached about the forty seventh parallel. I think it is. Uh, if you look on a map, it's the parallel that goes right across just under uh, the the uh, bottom of Newfoundland, Newfoundland or Newfoundland, okay. depending on. Uh, where you're from and um, so that's that's the top of it and it and it uh, got as close as 30 miles uh, away from Africa and at mm -hmm. that time Africa was named the land of Oz which I thought was really interesting when I heard that name so that's that's where Atlantis was and uh, it became inhabited by homo sapiens the the uh, adam and eve 
model, as it's called, 60,000 years ago. Both, both Atlantis and Lemuria were, were inhabited by Homo sapiens. Now, the way it was done was that uh, creator asked these uh, uh, scientists who've been around for a billion years or whatever um, to make a, a, a human that would be able to survive in all this negative energy. And the, uh, uh, the scientists knew how to do it, but they didn't have practical <laughs> experience of doing it. So they uh -huh. wound up going through all sorts of humans, like even, even through uh, Neanderthals who were cannibalistic. There were only three and a half million of them because they kept eating each other. And, um, uh, and Cro-Magnons, they had five million of those. So um, they're, um, <clears throat> they, uh, uh, they, they, the scientists could pop out a whole human body in two and a half minutes. That's how fast they could populate a little area. And they, they didn't want to populate it too big because they, people would have to find, they would drop them stark naked on the ground and say, you know, this is it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's going to be a winter coming in so many days and weeks or whatever. You need to find clothing and and you need to find food. And and they gave them suggestions of what they could eat or, mm -hmm. or whatever. So that's the way that's the way it started. But every every two and a half minutes, pop, pop, pop. And uh, and and so lo and behold, because this was 60,000 years ago, it grew to where the continent had millions of people. And uh, uh, that's <laughs> that the ETs got overly helpful and they uh -huh. gave them free energy. And that was the beginning of the end for for the uh, Atlanteans and the beginning of the end for the Lemurians, both got different kinds of free energy, but both wound up using it for destructive weapons. Mm, Long okay. story there, kind of. Right. But and, everybody always thinks it was a... We, we probably need to go back and mention that, that uh, uh, there really was <laughs> a real Star Wars uh, um, one million Earth years ago or so, and I'm not exactly sure of that timing. Only uh -huh. 100,000 universal years, and it it came about because the um, uh, the reptilian Draco race race in another galaxy decided to come to our galaxy and start take taking over planets for their for their minerals or whatever they needed. Uh -huh. And that started a Star Wars that lasted for thousands of years. And uh, uh, just like this uh, mothership I was talking about, the Syrian uh -huh. mothership with the families for, you know, for all that time, the families could not be on the ships with with the crew because it was so dangerous. Uh -huh. 
And uh, so it was, a, it was a nasty war. Um, where in our Star Wars movies, they would, um, uh, you know, they blow up a planet. In uh -huh. the real Star Wars, they would blow up the sun and all oh. uh, destroying all the planets and billions and billions of beings. So that's that's how that war was fought. And so this was before the Federation formed. They were, uh -huh. you know, they were all fighting for their lives. And uh, uh, so I supposedly I um, incarnate as some type of spiritual leader on Nomo time after time, sort of like maybe the, uh, the Dalai Lama. On uh -huh. Earth. And, um, and so I suggested, um, well, why don't we offer to include them in the earth experiment? And they said, Oh, you know, they never accept that. And also keep in mind, there was a hatred that all these people had of, of these uh, reptilians because so many people had lost, lost their lives. And and so it was turned down. And oh. so 450 more universal years carried on uh, with more and more lives being lost. Finally, out of desperation, they said, okay. And they asked, and they put it in negotiations negotiations with the Dracos, would they be interested in being part of the Earth experiment? And they uh -huh. said yes. And that led to uh, to their uh, to peace. And so that, I'm told, sort of wrote my ticket for Earth from the standpoint that, that uh, uh, as far as I, I, I have had lives at the start of every single uh, religion, with the exception of two, and those are in my future, even though they're in our past, because uh -huh. we, we go back and forth. We don't have lives always in the future. And, um, uh, and, and also that and other things that I suggested to the Federation, uh, I called them simple solutions, but I was, I've been told that they weren't were not and so i'm having like in this life i've already found 10 or 15 people that are going to be world leaders in future lives and and i'm having lives where i just get to know them even i mean <laughs> people that you wouldn't you know uh, like um uh, a friend of mine who's a retired baptist minister in a future life is going to be L. Ron Hubbard, and okay. I'm going to be North. Uh, uh, let's see, what is his name? Sarah Northrup, his mm -hmm. second wife, and I'm going to help him write the the first uh, Scientology book, and um, and and I'm I'm going to be Queen Menon for uh, King Haile Selassie, and uh, and at the start of the uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of their religion. It's an offshoot of of uh, uh, of Christianity. I think uh, Norastrian. I'm, I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. So uh, there there are just all these 
these uh, things that are coming along. I, I asked recently, how many more lives do I have to go? And I was told 300. And, wow. And, and, and I'd asked long ago, I said, well, you know, because supposedly the average person on earth has 600 to 800 lives, mm-hmm. depending on whether your soul wants to get things over with quick or take a little bit more time. And so when I asked, I, w- I was told I'm in my thousand and fifth life. And I said, boy, and, and I really said this. I, I said, I must be a slow learner. And I was told, no, you just keep coming back to push people along. And so I've got 300 more lives. As an example, uh, my wife's next life is going to be back in ancient Egypt. She's going to be a leader of her people. And uh, uh, I'm going to be her assistant, but that's a past life for me. But in a future life after that, she's going to be King Holly Selassie. Interesting. So we keep running into the same people over and over in, in, in these nope. life cycles. Yes. Okay. All these all these soul clusters we keep having lives with. And some mm-hmm. of the soul clusters, you know, we may see them only one time in a day and mm-hmm. never see them in their life again. And others, you know, our brothers or sisters or lovers or uh, mothers or dads or children or whatever. Thank you so much. This hour went by so fast. <laughs> and I thank you for coming on. It was short notice, too, when you came on for me. And I really appreciate it. Sure. I uh, really, really do. And I'd love to have you on again to talk more about Atlantis and, and the ETs and stuff. That was that was cool. That was really cool. Sure. Uh, you know? And give us a little time this time. Maybe I can uh, I can send you a book. and, and Sure. Uh, so you'll you'll have plenty of plenty of time to uh, uh, go over it and we'll we'll get together again absolutely i love that all right and, tom okay uh, one last thing please sure. everybody go to my website www.thegentlewavebook.com and uh, and sign up for my free newsletter and uh, and uh, keep in mind just in case anybody in california is thinking about going to the conscious life expo Hopefully it takes place. We'll find out. Um, I'm, I'm going to have two workshops there uh, on uh, February the 6th and 7th. Sounds good. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely get back in touch with you after the show, you know, to arrange another day for you to come on because I'd like to talk more with you about this stuff. Okay. All right, Tom, have a good evening. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow, that was really cool. I'm going to move back over now. See, You see the problem I'm having with, with my spacing here, so I've got to make some adjustments tonight with uh, where the backdrop where the backdrop is. Let's see, we're over here. Hey, look at my sound even changed. Okay. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming. I want to thank Tom for coming because I had a last-minute cancellation of, that I knew. Well, not really last minute, but I, I, knew, a couple, I knew about a week and a half ago. And uh, so Tom graciously came on today, and so I really appreciate it. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you to everybody that joined in on the show. Thank you to the people in the chat room. I saw, you know, a lot of a, a lot of conversation going on, and uh, I'm just looking at it. Okay, Jennifer Martin, Tina, Chris, Keen is in there. Uh, Marisa was here. Jerry was here. Mashika. Let's see. I'm gonna go through here. I'm blind as a bat, so bear with me. 
Yeah. So we had a pretty good crowd uh, over the chat room and people listening tonight. And uh, again, I want to thank you guys. Um, Sunday, I'm going to be teaching a, a basic psychic development class. Is it Sunday or next Sunday? I get confused on my days. It's rough when you get old. You hit it, yeah, it's Sunday. You hit a certain age and you get senile. So Sunday, I'm going to be teaching a psychic development class. It's going to be a basic psychic development class where I can teach you how to meet your your guardian angels and, and your spirit guides and your spirit animal and spirit book and spirit object and and be able to leave your body and come back into your body and stuff like that. That's going to be Sunday. You want to check that out. That's www.californiahauntsradio.com. Um, go across the top to where it says extras and you'll see the events tab come down and you can check it out right there. Um, I want to thank again. I want to thank you all for coming. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with share it share it with five people you hate. We're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio, and uh, we're also nonprofit. California Haunts is a nonprofit organization. So if you can find it in your heart to donate a little bit, because all this stuff you see, the backdrop, the little sign that lights up, that I like it. And uh, the mics and the computers and everything else comes out of my pocket, including the equipment that we use for the paranormal t team that does the investigations. So if you could find it in your heart to donate a little bit to us to help keep this on the air, because I want to keep really good guests like Tom coming back on, uh, I'd really appreciate it. You can do that at paypal.me at California Haunts. Or if you're uncomfortable with PayPal and you happen to have a Venmo, go over to Venmo and just type in California Haunts and, you, and that will pop right on up. Again, if you want to see uh, some... Oh my gosh, see, my mind's going crazy here. If, if you want to see some archives of the show, head on over to the website at www.CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com and click on the video that's on the front page. You can go directly to YouTube and see those archives. The other thing we're asking for is subscribers. We want a lot of subscribers on YouTube. We're starting to build up subscribers, and we're real excited about that. When you click on that and you end up on YouTube, look down in the right the, the bottom right-hand corner of those videos, you're going to see a little ghost with a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That's our little investigator dude, and that's where you click to subscribe. So if, please please subscribe if, if you like what you see. Anyway, tomorrow we are going to have Sylvia Schultz is going to join us, and she investigates ghosts in, Illinois, in the Illinois area. And one place that she enjoys going, and she's gone a lot, and she's actually written a book about it, is the Peoria Hospital that seems to be really, really actively haunted. So she's going to be on with us tomorrow to talk about that. That'll be our usual time at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. So if you're interested in that, let me get over on my other screen here. Okay, there we go. So if you're interested in that, come on and join us to, tomorrow evening because it should be a really, really, really good show. I sound like Ed Sullivan, don't I? But it should be a really, really, really good show. <laughs> a really, really good show. I want to thank you once again for coming, and I will see you guys tomorrow. And I'm going to go ahead and run uh, Tom's information one more time for you, so you can uh, see his web, you know, see, you know, write down his website, and if you if if you want to purchase a book or two, go on Amazon and do that, and you'll see the title. So here we go. TheGentleWayBook.com, and that's right. You can sign up for his newsletter there too. Uh, the Gentle Way with Pets. And there's the gentle way, the gentle way too. And the gentle way three, master your life.
And, of course, the other topics we talked about tonight, first contact conversations with an ET and Atlantis and Lumuria. Along with the last book. And they're all available, of course, at Amazon.com. Thank you guys for coming, and I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs>